That's what it sounded like last week as pro-abortion protesters held rallies outside the U.S. Supreme Court building in Washington, D.C. They rallied just hours after a leaked draft of a coming ruling that would overturn women's legal right to abortions in America. Rights they've had for almost 50 years since the famous Roe v. Wade case. The leaked news came as a punch in the stomach for Rabbi Ayelet Cohen, and those are her words. She grew up in Montreal. She's now based in New York, where she's been an advocate for women's reproductive rights and for other social justice causes for years. Now she's one of the American Jewish voices rising up against the anti-abortion movement south of the border. And she'll have quite the platform to do it from starting today, because Monday, Cohen takes over as the first full-time female dean at North America's flagship rabbinical school for conservative rabbis, the Jewish Theological Seminary in New York City. Cohen says abortion is kosher under Jewish law, full stop. So banning it is a Jewish problem, too. Within mainstream Judaism, you will see rabbis of all denominations who are looking at these classical rabbinic sources, which say very, very clearly what the Jewish position is on abortion, that it is uh, of the utmost importance to protect the health, mental and physical of the mother, and that it is a matter of personal choice. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Monday, May the 9th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Ayelet Cohen was born in 1974, the year after abortion became legal in the United States, in 1973. Twenty years ago, Rabbi Ayelet graduated from the Jewish Theological Seminary herself and became a rabbi for progressive causes. She helped push the conservative movement to permit same-sex marriages. She's ministered at the largest LGBTQ congregation in New York, and most recently she worked for the New Israel Fund as well as at a Manhattan JCC. She hoped to have some time to adjust to her new job as head of the program at the historic school, but the abortion battle has heated up and Rabbi Cohen is right in the middle of the Jewish response. If the court overturns abortion rights, that will likely make it immediately illegal in half the states in America. Coming up, Rabbi Cohen will be here to break down what happens next, but first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Celia Rabinovich in Winnipeg, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. Montreal police are investigating what appears to be a hate crime against a man carrying an Israeli flag. The attack happened in the city's Westmount neighborhood in broad daylight on Thursday after the Jewish community's Yom Ha'atzmaut street festival for Israel's 74th Independence Day. The whole thing was caught on video by a local Jewish couple who saw it happen from the window of their law office. Police say two men in their 20s are being sought. And now, stay tuned for this important message. From award-winning journalist Marsha Liederman comes Kiss the Red Stairs, a compelling memoir of Holocaust survival, intergenerational trauma, divorce, and discovery that will guide readers through several lifetimes of monumental change. Marsha was five when a simple question led to a horrifying answer. She asked her mother why she didn't have any grandparents. Her mother told her the truth, the Holocaust. Decades later... Her parents dead and herself a mother to a young son, Marsha begins to wonder how much history has shaped her own life. Reeling in the wake of a divorce, she craves her parents' help. But in their absence, she is gripped by a need to understand the trauma they suffered, and she begins her own journey into the past to tell her family stories of loss and resilience. Kiss the Red Stairs, 
Available now wherever books are sold. And Rabbi Ayelet Cohen joins me now from New York. When you heard about this breaking news, what was what went through your mind? Uh, my heart sank. It It's not as if it was shocking. I think in a lot of ways we've been bracing ourselves for the uh, possibility that this is how the story would unfold. We have seen concerted attacks on reproductive justice and reproductive freedom uh, in many states throughout the U.S. and really uh, emboldened attacks on uh, women's rights to make our own decisions about our bodies and our reproductive health and choices about our our families and our our health. And yet, when that leak came out, it felt like a punch in the stomach. We should talk about the Jewish community. Why is this a Jewish issue? And what are you teaching about it? So it's important for people to understand that according to Jewish law, the rights of the woman are of deep, deep concern. According to Jewish law, before 40 days of gestation, which uh, translates to about eight weeks, uh, a fetus is considered just to be fluid. Does not, there's no sense that um, life begins at conception. There is opinion after opinion in rabbinic text that life begins at birth that a fetus is not considered to be a a human life, that um, the health of the mother is of the utmost concern, and that if the pregnancy is endangering the health of the mother, physically or mentally, it is permissible to end that pregnancy in order to save the life of the mother. That is very, very, very clear in Jewish law. So there's been a misconstruing of the argument against abortion and against reproductive justice to say that it is a religious argument against abortion. That is not true across all religions. It's another example of the way that Christian supremacy has really taken over the conversation. There's no question that the Catholic Church does not permit abortion. I would not argue with that. But to say that there is a blanket religious objection to abortion is erasing the religious experience, the religious truth, the religious law of other religions. And the Jewish community can have a lot to say about this from our own religious and moral perspective. And so that's why so many rabbis have come forward to advocate in uh you know, in the U.S. from a Jewish religious perspective. Okay, but that might be for the conservative movement. Is that true for the Orthodox? So the sources that I'm talking about are not recent sources. I'm talking about texts in the Talmud. I'm talking about texts in the Mishnah that talk about when life begins, that talk about uh, the value of uh, of preserving the life and the health of the mother. This is Rambam, Maimonides. This is not a, a new idea. So certainly... There are, cert- there are some uh, Orthodox rabbis who are siding with the, the radical Christian right, and that has to do um, with a lot of other political considerations, honestly. And becoming, coming from Canada, where abortion is legal, a lot of the last couple of days, the politicians in our side of the border have said, come to Canada, we'll help you. Have you heard about that? And um, do you foresee this happening? Or maybe you already know, does it happen? I, you know, I hear about this and um, 
I am the, the mother of adolescents, and it is uh, really frightening to think about their maturing into adults at a moment where their rights are being made smaller and, and uh, much more limited. So I have the economic resources that if God forbid it came to that, I could take my kids to Canada and obtain a safe and legal abortion. But not everybody has those economic resources. It's a lovely idea, and I appreciate deeply the sentiment behind it. It doesn't solve the problem. You have to know that abortion is legal in Canada. You have to know how to get to Canada. You have to have the money to get to Canada. Um, we need to solve the problem here in the U.S. You were one of the 513 signatories to this uh, petition that was put together by the National Council of Jewish Women about this law that would um, pr pr allow health providers to do abortions, right? There's a moment of opportunity in the U.S. Senate right now. So there is a bill that has already been passed by the House of Representatives called the Women's Health Protection Act, which would make um, the right to abortion the law of the land, regardless of the Supreme Court's decision. A federal law would supersede states, a state law um, preventing abortion access. Uh, so that bill has been passed in the House of Representatives. It now is um, up to the Senate to call a vote. And so that is a very important opportunity for advocacy right now. Uh, and if that bill is voted into law before, before the Supreme Court officially releases whatever decision it comes to, at the end of the uh, court session, which is usually the very end of June, then this would be the law of the land. But there's, there are two pieces. There's guaranteeing the right to abortion, and then there's criminalizing abortion. And so what we're talking about, and, and the, the current legal precedent is, is based on um, the protection of privacy that's in the Constitution, um, which allows women the right to choose. And so that's been eaten away at by these different state laws to try to limit access through uh, banning abortion after uh, six weeks, as we've seen in, uh, in state judiciaries, like, like the, the law um, in Texas, which has been much discussed through um, various provisions that have um, closed down uh, abortion clinics, that have required uh, you know, parental consent, that have um, made abortion more difficult to obtain. And that's why, in addition to this Women's Health Protection Act, we also are uh, talking about a second provision, the Equal Access to Abortion Coverage and Health Insurance Act, the EACH Act, right? So, of course, in the U.S., we do not have universal health care, and health insurance is primarily obtained through employment. Uh, health insurance does not have to cover the costs of abortion, whether it's medical or surgical abortion. People who often are uh, most limited by the limitations on abortion are people who do not have the money to take off work, to travel across state lines, to pay out of pocket for an expensive procedure. Uh, this is very, very much the reality. So a ban on abortion disproportionately affects economically disadvantaged people, people of color, people of transgender experience, people who already have less access 
And that's the other piece that's really essential is to make sure that access to abortion is legal, but that also it's affordable, that people can actually take advantage of that access. All right. So uh, the March on Washington is being organized by your colleague, uh, which are you going? Uh, I unfortunately cannot go because it's the same day as the inauguration of the new chancellor um, at JTS. Um, But um, I know uh, a lot of people who are coming to Washington to rally uh, and to be there specifically as a Jewish presence in Washington to talk about abortion rights from a Jewish perspective and a Jewish, uh, uh, a Jewish civic perspective. Congratulations again on, uh, on your new appointment. And uh, we'll, be, we'll be speaking again in the future, I know. Thanks for being on the CJN Daily. Thank you so much. Later this week, the U.S. Senate will be voting on a law that could enshrine abortion rights before the Supreme Court ruling comes down in June. But observers say it's unlikely the Democrats will get enough votes to pass it. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Max Stern of Toronto. And we'll end today with a sneak peek at my interview coming up tomorrow with that Montreal couple who jumped to respond to the possible hate crime against that Jewish man carrying the Israeli flag. They say we, we were experienced anti-Semitic attack and people told me go to the other side because you're Jew. And like we, we live it and relive it every day. And to see that somebody's attacked for just carrying peacefully a rolled uh, Israeli a, flag, a, 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 uh, it was just beyond, really beyond. <laughs> This episode has been brought to you by Looking Back, Moving Forward, 160 Years of Jewish Life in B.C. Published by the Jewish Museum and Archives of British Columbia for their 50th anniversary, this elegant volume is a -a once-in-a-generation collection of Jewish life and history throughout the province. Order your copy today at jewishmuseum.ca.